Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Toss to Turbin. Turbin's in for the touchdown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Turbo Talk, another episode. We've got a great guest on the show today, Renee Montgomery of the Atlanta Dream and a plethora of overseas teams as well. Uh, 10 years in the league now, right? 11? How many? Um, what, what are we on now? We're going into the 12th, I believe. We're Actually, going we're going into the 11th. In the year 12. It's 11 or 12. You know, you start to, you know, when you start you going start back. You start to lose track. Yeah, like I've been <laughs> in the league a long time. It's like, and you don't want to, you don't want to share like that number. The older you get the league, the yeah. younger you, you're like, yeah, because they already calling me Grand A for my, you know, like because I go to bed like at a certain hour and I'm very disciplined and like meticulous. I don't really go out, so yeah. my teammates, some of them, right. call me Grand A. So it was like, oh, so, that's funny. So there's that. That's happening. Yeah, I get the uncle treatment now in the locker room. Uncle, do uncle you? Turbo, uncle Turban. Yeah, yes. I'm like, well, whatever hey, happened hold, to hold, being an OG? Why do they don't call us OGs and now, give us cool names? OG Renee. <laughs> they got to call me Grandy. Why can't I be the original? You know, like, he been in here, you know, the vet. The right. Yeah, like, so, but I don't right. know. Oh, oh, my God. At least, you're not, at least you're not playing in Vegas. I feel like if you played in Vegas, you would feel, like, obligated to have to, you know, do things there. Well, I, like, I, I'd hope that everything is shut down there, right? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, during the season. Oh, yeah. No, I played at a casino already. I played for Connecticut um, Sun, and they play at Mohegan Sun Arena. So, no, that doesn't phase me any. And it's not the same, and I'm not comparing Connecticut to Vegas. I'm saying just there's – No, I know. Cas- you, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Casino to casino. But uh-huh. I'm just – it's not – I'm a homebody, so I'm thriving right now in this quarantine. Um like, I'm getting to work from home. I'm the same way. What? Like, this is, like, best case scenario for me that, like, I can come sit down with you guys and then go finish binging Hands Maze Tale right when I'm done. Like, Oh, my God. Where, where are you? Okay, oh so I'm... Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that you know this. I'm on season uh, two, and if you guys haven't seen this, the spoiler alert's coming, but I'm not even caught up yet. So I'm on season two seen, where... Uh, the first, the first, The first episode of season two at Fenway is... Oh, mind! Like I almost started crying because it was just like so. It's so epic. It's so dramatic. But I know, and with the with what's, the women's what's work we song. Hands may tell. Oh come on! You you've never heard of it? It's a Hulu show. I got nothing for you guys. I'm gonna start calling you Turban. <laughs> oh, that's why. You wear, until you watch that show, I'm gonna start calling you Turban. All that. What do they call uh, you? Uh, what do Turbo? they call you? For the- what? I'm, you gotta get on the hands, man. I told you, I'm watching the Flash well, right now. And my mom, and my mom. <laughs> oh my god, 
My mom has been making um she's been making masks, right, for everyone out there. Mm-hmm. And she started making fabric ones that look like well, I don't know if they show it in season two, but in season three, I know, in uh-huh. Handmaid's Tale, they have they wear masks like the ones the 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 women who are in Boston, the handmaids who are in Boston. Uh-huh. It's season three. I can't remember what season it is. So it freaks me out every time she puts hers on. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my just, gosh. Yeah. yeah, I would be like, I ain't wearing that. Listen, it feels Mm-mm. too real. I wouldn't have worn it. But no. No, it's a good show. But long story short, it's a good show. Um, that you should once you're done watching The Flash, you should invest in that show because it's very interesting. It is. It definitely graphic. Is. Kids can't watch it. It's very no. graphic. I will. Not for kids. No. Absolutely, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. I'm with it, though. I'm down. So 12 years as a pro. Talk about your journey a little bit. How'd you get started? Who first put a basketball in your hand? Like, Where'd you go the passion? When did you want to, you know, when did you know you wanted to go pro? All that. All right. So I started out young playing basketball. West Virginia, um, Basketball is not very big. It's the Mountaineers football that's huge there. So WU football is yep. big. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the thing in West Virginia. So it was interesting as there was a group of girls that during my time that we were in high school that we all kind of were really good. They went to different universities. My AAU team, um, Candace Parker played on my AAU team at a certain point. Really? Uh, wow. Tasha Humphreys. Yeah, so we had, we had like, it was like traveling AAU almost because we were mm-hmm. in West Virginia. We don't have a lot of um, options. Right. So I, we, I started playing with good players, and I think that honestly helped me because I started seeing um, what I could do almost. Some of these players are from these big areas, and I feel like I could play with them. So I would say I started playing young because my sisters were playing, but then my development, I started getting more confidence the more I played against other competition, and I felt like I could compete. Um, right. I would say my journey was interesting because I don't know how, I, like being in West Virginia, it's not a thing that people do very often where you have someone like Gino Ariama come to West Virginia to see you and have yeah. all these, co- like have mm-hmm. all these college coaches that were trying to recruit me. They were flying into our Jaeger airport. And just to put it in perspective, our airport has like six terminals. It's like the whole airport has like six gates. Oh my it's gosh. really, it's a really, really small airport and all these big time people were coming through it. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a crazy mm-hmm. time in West Virginia. Um, the year before me, uh, I had a teammate, Alexis Hornbuckle, and they were doing the same for her. So West Virginia, it was kind of crazy at a certain point because it was like, what is going on in the women's basketball world? Yeah, you're just pumping out talent. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was really cool to be a part of that. Um, and then went to UConn, won a championship. And it's kind of like once you go to UConn and you want a championship, it's like, all right, you, you get the golden passage to go to the WBA. So, that's so true. I, yeah, you know, like it's... What made you go to UConn? Oh, that's crazy because um, everybody else was kind of telling me everything I wanted to hear. And Coach Ariana was the only one that kind of was like, look, we already have a point guard here. Um, she's a year ahead of... She'll be a year ahead of you. I don't care that you're young. You can start young or you can not start young. She can start, but it's going to be the best player will start. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was kind of... I like that because I felt like the other coaches could have possibly been telling everyone the same thing they were telling me, even if they weren't. I like the fact that he was being brutally honest when it probably wasn't the easiest thing to do. You know, you could easily just tell somebody what they want to hear. So you went to Connecticut. You guys won. Were you in that era where you guys are just like dominating everybody? (laughs) 
No. Every <laughs> That's year. the problem. I was in between two crazy stacked eras um, in a sense that, you know, Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird's mm -hmm. era were killer, you know, and, and they're like one of the, the most famous teams. And then that whole heat graduated. And then a couple, a few years later, here I come. And our group is just trying to figure it out, you know. <laughs> I'm young. I'm a, I'm a freshman on campus. And I'm the starting point guard. So things are a lot different now, you know. And we just had to figure it out. And everybody went oh, So you want to start a job. I like how you, like, do that in there. Like, just kind of snuck it in there that, like, you, you know, coach get that ultimatum. Like, you can start, but, you know, but you want to start a job as a freshman. I like how you just kind of slid that I in there real smooth. paying attention to the details. Mm -hmm. I'm like, <laughs> but, yeah, so it was kind of like <laughs> we had to figure it out on our own. It wasn't the – it was difficult. And so – I went into my senior year and I could have possibly possibly been one of the worst classes in the UConn history basketball in a sense that we hadn't won a championship yet. So I went my first three years, everybody, we went to the final four, remind me, but I'm at UConn, mm -hmm. so the standards right. are a little If you don't win, then. Yeah, so we were right. going to the final four, the, the lead eight, so we were going yeah. to those things and it was still like, uh, you guys, like, pick it up, okay? So it went to my senior year and I was just, like, my teammates, we were all just on one. And, and so my senior year is the year that started the streak. So we went undefeated my senior year, and that started the, like, crazy streak where they won, I think, 100 years in a row or something like that. Oh, I could wow. I lost. Oh. Yeah. 100 years? Yeah. Oh, you guys didn't know? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into somebody um, at a bar a couple months ago. And he was going around telling everybody, like, yeah, I used to play basketball at UConn, blah, 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 everything like this. And I, like, went up to him finally, and I just was like, oh, like, really? Like, for the men's team? And he was just like, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, that sucks. Because, <laughs> like, I just was, like, honest. I was like, nobody even knows they have a men's team. Oh, he was like, what? He's like, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, your women just dominate. I'm like, that's all that people care about watching there. And he was like, yeah, really. He's like, you're, you're right. Like, it really does suck to, like, be living in their shadow. And it was oh, it was so it, funny. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm giving you, I'm just giving you a hard time. That's funny. And, but, <laughs> but he took it super serious. That's crazy because... You know, when there was a point where good, the big women won on the same year. So UConn was right. a wild, crazy place, I'm sure, at that time. Because there was a point where, I mean, there was the Marcus that. Williams, Kimball Walkers, Rudy Gay, mm -hmm. Andre Drummond. I mean, Hashim Tabit went high. So there was a point where there was a good amount of UConn men superstars. But then that streak hit for the women and it kind of, like, the women just took off. You blew them out, yeah. Water. No. I mean the women because I wasn't there during that I'm saying but the UConn no, women's team but yeah, you're, they but you're part winning. of that no totally <laughs> yeah no it's funny because like I like I went to Oregon right so when I was there we were so bad at basketball like so bad so it's hilarious not and, anymore I know and and nobody would come and I was a cheerleader so I had to go to every single woman's game nobody would come it was like maybe a couple hundred people were there. It was so sad. And it cracks me up now that they're so good. We're probably going to win the national championship this year. I freaking like feel like she's my best friend, even though she has no idea who I am. But um, but it's like it cracks me up because they completely overshadow the men now and put this program on the map, just like basically the UConn women have. And it's so amazing to watch how women in sports, especially college sports, have such a powerful um, voice like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it is crazy because 
the WNBA is fighting for, you know, we want more TV time. You know, we just want different things. For sure. You go from, I was at UConn and all of our flights are chartered. Um, you know, you're, there's 20 peepers of, people of the press after every game minimum. Oh you know, there's such a following and there's such, um, there's such a just support system. And so it was, it was a different, uh, interesting feel to go from UConn to the pros where, mm-hmm. you know, we're not chartering flights anymore, but it's a journey, you know? So I, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause that's probably why they call me. I can one day I can be like, I remember when there wasn't even charter flights in the WNBA. I would be one of those people because exactly. we're, on the, we're on the path now, the right way. The new CBA is leading that path. And yeah. charging it. What do you, what do you think of that passing? Oh, I love it. I mean, I just think, you know, and a lot of people are always going to critique it and look at the things that the contract doesn't do. No, we're not making millions and we're not, you know, there's a lot of things that we aren't doing, but there's a lot of things that we're doing better. So Mm -hmm. we're doing, there's, you know, maternity leave and there's different things that for the player as a person and lifestyle things that are really going to help. So there's more money too, but I think that the lifestyle changes is going to be the one that's most exciting where you do have the opportunity to to get a chartered flight if you're on a bad travel schedule or in the playoffs or different scenarios. So that's the first step. Or you maybe you don't have to go play overseas during the off season. Yeah. And then it'll give people options. So there's league marketing agreements and then team marketing agreements that, that can allow teams or the league to pay players for mark various marketing things and that they can be making money while they're not going overseas. So like I said, it's a step in the right direction. And, and I'm always trying to look at the positive or the silver lining yeah. instead of, you know, critiquing everything. Yeah. And I think it's great. I thought it was a great CBA. And I think that um, it's exciting as a player. It's exciting yeah. times. Well, you guys have that in common because you, both of your CBAs, I feel like, passed around the same time. And there was so much positivity around the WN, the WNBA CBA passing, even though there's still a lot of work to do. But then right. I feel like with the NFL, people were, were really split both ways. Rob, how did you feel about that when you kind of saw both in retrospect? Yeah, I mean, I, similarly to what Renee's talking about, I mean, you, there, there's two sides. Um, there's really good things about the CBA and then there's really, you know, tough things uh, that, that you know, still can improve for us in the future. Um, but overall, I think it's good. I think it's good for the, especially for like veteran players mm-hmm. uh, as they transition out of their careers, uh, you know, injury stuff. Um, that is helpful for us, um, whether it's like for the year or whether it's career ending and stuff like that. There's 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 things going in there for the retired players uh, to continue to to strive and help them, and then healthcare, which is a which is a which is a huge deal, huge, uh, huge. immensely improved uh, in RCBA. Now, yeah, so now like you know, obviously we're not getting guaranteed contract, but mm-hmm. we're moving in that direction. If you, if you see some of the lower end contracts are being fully guaranteed, those 6 million and seven and $8 mm-hmm. million dollar deals, whether they're two or three years are, are, are starting to be fully guaranteed. And, um, and there's more guaranteed money going out now uh, than there had been in recent years. So uh, although not exactly what we wanted uh, an improvement for sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? I just shout out Darius Slay. You loved oh, yeah. it. So shout out to Big Slay. My guy <laughs> just cashed out, got a nice contract. I love seeing people win, so I was hype. I felt like I won, you know, because he's like my homeboy. Yes. So I was I was pretty excited to see that. Yeah, but I, I am curious, though, because playing in the WNBA, obviously the fan base has grown, but 
you're not making nowhere near what the NBA players are making year after year. And the, the CBA obviously does help a little bit with that, but I know it's like a lot more um, lifestyle based, childcare based, maternity leave. Right. Um, but when you are fighting so hard to keep a spot on your team year after year, how does it feel to you that you don't get paid the millions and millions of dollars that the NBA players do or the NFL players do? Yeah, it's tough. And, and for me personally, my, my struggle has been a little different. I've never worried about if I was going to make a team or not. I've been blessed to kind of have a secure spot right now. I'm on a guaranteed contract. Right. But it, it, it's difficult because, you know, I put 10 years now, 11 years into pro basketball. And when I'm done playing, I'm still going to have to work. So yeah. there's a lot of different professions in sports where hopefully if you take care of your money. So I'm very, I live a very chill lifestyle. I'm very simplistic, but there's a, so there's a lot of pro sports leagues that if the players retire, they could just live off of their money if they, if they mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that luxury just yet. There are some players that I'm sure could, but yeah. we don't, I don't, I personally don't have that luxury. So um, that, that there's a feeling to that, but my feeling is that I'm excited because my life after basketball career is fun for me Mm -hmm. it's it's, I want to be in entertainment I want to be I want to yeah I want to be in front of the camera in entertainment broadcasting hosting and I love doing those things so for me I don't take it as a slight that you know all these other pro pro sports are making way more than us because I'm excited about playing in the WNBA and I'm excited Mm -hmm. about life after the WNBA Yeah, definitely. Well, you're so right. I mean, you've even dipped your toes in those broadcasting waters. And it's so cool to see these women who are doing so Mm -hmm. much while they're still playing. I mean, I love seeing Candace Parker ball out with with the guys. You know what I mean? Like, I love watching an NBA game and she's on. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I say it all the time. I'm like, Candace, yo, keep killing it because it's easy for me to say, like, a lot of times people will never want to be the first one to do something. Mm-hmm. So they want to, you know, even people went to a party, they like, who are all there? You know, like, what time y'all getting there? Because no one wants to be the first one. To totally. So with, with TV, now that Turner has put Candace on the main platform, the mm-hmm. biggest stage, you could argue one of the biggest stages in the NBA. Absolutely. She's on, on there now on a regular weekly totally. basis. So, so for me any other now networks I'm like look Candace is already doing it so now it's a thing to me where she's helping me without even knowing it because it's done mm. before now somebody's already took that risk which isn't a risk but somebody's already take, taken that upon them to do it first and now mm-hmm. for me somebody's already done it first and it's easier for me to do it next so true yeah what do you love about it so much? I mean, we, I, I've seen, like, I follow on Instagram, so I've seen you do, like, the quarantine day one through. Yeah, yeah. Whatever day you're on now, and I've seen you do the TV thing. What, what do you enjoy about, you know, being on camera, doing the TV? Say, I stopped putting the days because, as you said, I, it was like a whole task trying to keep up what day I'm on. Like, I started right. getting, and I'm like, <laughs> they get it. They yeah. get it when yeah. quarantine for yeah. a loud time. Like, right. <laughs> uh, but what I like about it is the fact that, I can just be me. So, you know, like your job, if your job is to be you and to talk about something that you could talk about in your sleep. So I've been playing basketball, as I told you guys, my whole life. So if somebody told like anybody to talk about eating food, you'd be like, oh, that's easy. I chew. So, like, you know, you could talk about it because with a matter of fact, because you know it, you've done it every day. And so that's how basketball is to me. So when somebody says, I will pay you to talk about something that you know a lot about, and you can be yourself by doing it. It's like, okay, Done. great. I'll, yeah. 
sign me up and sign me up for life. So that's kind of where I am right now in a sense of I, I feel very blessed that I'm in a position where I can go to a, a, a station and be myself and that's my job. That's so true. Well, and also because media has changed so much. Like I came from, I was working in local sports. I was a local sports anchor hopping around different markets. And I felt so much so when I was working in those small markets that I was putting on this facade, right? Like I was a broadcaster. I was representing that community and I wasn't really allowed to like be myself. And now that I do so much digital work um, and it's different for the national markets because they kind of get the the power of social media. Right. And the power of like communicating with your followers and seeing what influencers are doing, because influencers now are like more powerful than celebrities. Uh, yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. it's 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 crazy, though, because now I feel like I can totally be myself. I can talk about mental health. I can talk about all these things that once were taboo on television and that make me more relatable as a human being on social media, on whatever program, on podcasts, whatever I'm doing. And I'm sure that you feel the same way finding that with your fans. Absolutely. And so for me, the, the coolest thing about it, and there's so many digital platforms, um, you know, with the overtimes and the undefeated and the bleacher reports, I think those type of, platforms change TV because TV saw those platforms get so much attention that that social media, let's just say social media in general has changed the way TV functions in, in a sense that like social media, you'll see professional accounts like Wendy's and, and different places. They're, they're t- tweeting back and they're trolling and you know, just stuff that I'm like, I had to click a couple of times like throughout the be like, is this really the real account? And it's like, wow you know so it almost made everything that was professional like toned down just a bit even even on shows they'll say that you can wear you know uh business cash but it doesn't have to wear a tie anymore like the men don't have to wear ties for sure so you can see everything getting toned down to fashion culture to make you more human and you more relatable to your viewers so i love it because for me i'm not your cookie cutter female broadcaster in a sense that I'm an athlete and we have that tomboy athleticism about us. So I, I do dress up, but I love that they don't like say must wear skirts or, mm-hmm. you know, I would much rather wear a pantsuit and not that it's been like that for sure. But there's certain times where in TV, they won't say it, but you have to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That's so true. And it's it's exhausting. Like, well, especially because I used to have to shoot all my own stuff and like, gosh, changing into the really fancy clothes at the end before broadcast is just the last thing I want to do. That's why I love like this. I'm like, I can always wear, you know, just a, a shirt. And like right now I'm in my pajama pants. But, oh, you know, but business at top. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> business at top party on the bottom. But it's fine. You are. Yeah, I feel you. Oh, that's funny. Now you know a lot of times, like post game press press conferences, right? You see the you see the guys go up to the post game and like they might have like a button up shirt on, but they still got like their shorts on, their basketball shorts at the bottom, yeah. right? Because you can't see. Totally. You no, know, so. You know what? Shouts to the NFL. Y'all's tunnel walks are elite. You know the NFL; they're very y'all come in there clean. Yeah, like, but you guys, have, suits, you guys have really toe, stepped it up. Yeah. Head to toe suits, scarves. Yeah. Got the jacket. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. Travis Kelsey, yeah. he comes, he has staff. I mean, y'all got some yeah. OBJ. Y'all got yeah. some real people out there. Like, I mean, and, and if you're dressing up, I don't know. I don't really see I don't see the ones that, like, you know, the hype beast accounts post, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so there's probably plenty of other guys that dress great. Okay, but, but the WNBA on. players have really stepped it up, okay? I have seen you guys, like, in your walks, or the themes, <laughs> like, the pajama themes, you know, and, like, it's, like, high fashion pajama situation. I don't even know. It's I don't know, but for me, that's them. They've stepped it up because I still, I wear, I'm the cozy fam all day, so I'm wearing, like, some sort of joggers to the game. Like, it's not a runway for me, I know, I know the 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 Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces go hard. Like they go hard yeah. on that. There's some teams. Chicago, Chicago's good. Seattle's mm-hmm. good. About the the tunnel walks. Minnesota has good tunnel walks. Everybody, I'm just saying the WNBA has good tunnel walks. I just come in there. It's my athleisure. It's my athleisure walk. I'm very comfortable. I my, my my joggers are probably gonna be a little stylish, but yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not going all out. Yeah. I no. I get that. I feel that. <laughs> Want to take a second and give a quick shout out to True Classic Tees. All right, a t-shirt company based out of L.A. They're sponsoring our show today. So we're really appreciative of that. Man, they got everything you guys want, man. Workout shirts, uh, shirts to wear around the house, lounging, shirts to go out, real versatile. Check out the website, trueclassictees.com. Use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. You'll get 20% off. At checkout again, that's believe B L E A V for twenty percent off at checkout trueclassictees.com. Thanks. I, I will say that the the, the fashion uh, is team based in a way, and what I mean is that, like, uh, for instance, like when I played for the Cowboys, like they were like, you have to wear a suit to the game, no matter oh, what. Okay. And Seattle's like, but that's their brand. Seattle, Seattle's like. Yeah, Pete. Pete's like, hey, j- just don't. Just as long as you don't wear flip flops, where where were you gonna like? He was, where were you gonna wear to the club? That's that's what he would say. Hey, where were you gonna Shut wear? You know, up. if you're going out, wear that. Just 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 look. Just look. Yeah, for real. Just look nice and presentable. But a lot of times, it really depends on the franchise. I could see that that, that you play for. Uh, even though, like, yeah, even though the NFL is the brand, a lot of times, like, the team is like. Like the NFL is like the United States, but the teams are like the, the, the states, you know, where everybody kind of has their own rules implemented. They're, they're different in their own way. Yeah. Like I think about college football and how some teams like Alabama and the old and Oklahoma, all the old school teams that never change their uniforms. Right. Like they always wear the white shirt with the yeah. black, the black suit jacket and like a red tie. Right. But then Oregon, like for mm-hmm. their pick and I'm talking for, for pictures and for walks. But then Oregon's like in sweats. Right. Like 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 really cool sweatsuits and they're different every week but it, it, it totally depends on like the brand of the school or the brand of the team um and, and i think of that like when i think of the cowboys is that they're just old school style absolutely and it used to be in the WNBA where when you traveled you had to travel in um in business attire so yeah, yeah. That, that used to be a thing and obviously business attire that's when it came into what rob was talking about where that's when it was based on the team so some mm-hmm. teams might be like i don't really care if you wear sneakers like just make sure your jeans don't have holes in it some teams will be like no jeans yeah. like that's what came into the difference but now now that they were in this fashion no, age totally. the rules haven't so the rules haven't changed about what to wear it's just the teams have changed and what they enforce and what they consider 
fashion and fashionable right. and in business yeah no that's so true i so i used to cheer for the chargers and when we'd have long trips anytime you got on a plane you'd have to wear heels and like and business attire like a business oh. suit or a business you know skirt whatever whole situation when we flew, oh, when we would, when we flew to France, I wanted to kill somebody after I got off the plane because it's you know they're long flights. Wow, it's it's a whole day, whole night, you know, situation. And oh my god, I just was thinking to myself, how is this like how is this allowed right now? And I know it's for you know putting on a good front and everything, but who cares? Yeah. But that's when that's yeah. when you can't get locked into the rules. So yes, it's a rule, right? That's yeah, when, but when they your sh- coach is with you and you're like, and she's like, watching you if you're gonna change your shoes in the bathroom. No, that's when <laughs> sometimes the rules don't apply to all scenarios, and that's when that rule we could be. They should have right? said, "You're not gonna wear heels for a for nine real. hour flight." Thank like, you. That makes sense. It's the worst. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I will say I will say in the pros, like whenever we have like a two day trip or if we're going to be playing in Mexico or London, you can wear like a sweatsuit or something like that. Something comfortable. That makes sense. Yeah. Like that's very logical. Yeah, that is smart. Yeah. Yeah. But also I I, I think about too, like, I mean, the NBA guys wear some fly stuff. And sometimes I'm like, you know, like when we when we get all, you know, I guess dolled up for lack of a better word. And I'm just like, man, I got to take all of this off. That's I gotta put all this other I equipment on with the pads. Oh, the game is over. But it's easier for you because all you got to do is put on a jersey and some shorts. You just put on the jersey and some shorts. It's like it's easy. Let me tell you a crazy story. A teammate that shall remain anonymous, she got dressed up, you know, dolled up. I'm talking about ready for the runway, walking down, you know. She's looking around. <laughs> There's no photographers there yet, right? So she goes into the locker room, and she's trying to find out, like, you know, where are the photographers? Our team, you know, we don't really – we have we just started on the last end of it, trying to get a photographer there every yeah. day. You know that she had already changed out of her clothes, and then somebody said, hey, a photographer just got here. She changed back into her runway clothes. Oh, my God. Like Rob said in the first place, I wouldn't have wanted to do it the first time. I wouldn't even have wanted to do it one time. She did it twice. Twice. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing is, too, it's like, it's it's, it's even harder when you take an L at the end of the game. Like, <laughs> And now you look silly in them you, clothes. You get a win. You're like, man, I'm about, to, I'm about to put my stuff back on. We just won. <laughs> you're feeling good. You know, you might get an interview. But after an L, you're like, man, forget these clothes, man. I'm I'm no, after an L, after an L, you look through the locker, try to find a dry fit that's in there. You try to find something that you can, right, you walk right. off there looking like, you all gonna look like the walk of shame. You find it, anything you can right. to just put on, you're not putting them clothes right. back on. Right. Ask the equipment manager for a hoodie real quick or something. Something. Get out of there. Man, I can't believe you guys have to wear heels for to go to all the way to, to, to what, France? Oh, you're talking oh, to me? That's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I would have started a petition. We yeah, would have started a petition. I don't know if oh. it's still like that. Who knows? The rules might have changed. That's like cold. we weren't we weren't even allowed to uh post on social media when I was on the team and now they're allowed to. So rules uh, have changed in the last couple of years but, since I've been off the team. I think just because like 
they had to change them because they had to adapt with Mm -hmm. life with times because also so many girls were making money on social media even before they would make the team so it was like what or can you shut them down no but yeah things so wait when you say y'all couldn't post you meant like only while you're on you meant when when are you not allowed to post you you couldn't post you couldn't post anything about being an nfl cheerleader you you could be like a Uh, fan but you couldn't post anything in your uniform it was a safety reason so that see and that's again i understand the reason for it but there again everything can't be like black and white for that so yeah they should that's tough. Like, because they don't want basically the cheerleaders to be making big money off of the Dallas name. Almost exactly. So I get the business aspect of it. But yeah. if you're posting a personal brand thing, that's I think that is different. Well, and it's like when it's your identity, like it just yeah. sucks because it's like I was always like, I don't know what to like post about. Like, yeah, like I was gone for two hours today. Yeah. From one to three. Exactly. Something cool happened. We won during those hours. I can't really tell you what I was doing. It was exciting. You could have caught it on ESPN starting at one and ended at four. I can't tell you what it was, but it was fun. Yeah. Take my word. Yeah. We I weren't even, we weren't even allowed to put our last names on social media. Just our first names or like, or a, yeah, that was the whole thing. Anyway, yeah, well, yeah. I'll go ahead. You have a question. <laughs> Yeah, I have a question for you. I have actually two questions for you. Uh, one is regarding college, but I'll ask that one after. Uh, the other one is dealing with, obviously, you know, we're dealing with the COVID-19 stuff. And uh, everybody has a different perspective on what pro sports in general should do. MLB is fighting to get back. The NBA is, is, is fighting to get back. I'm sure the WNBA is fighting to to start at some point, the Olympics are delayed a year. What's your perspective on that? You know, how, how do you think the leagues uh, should approach returning back to play? I think they should approach it the way that they are, precautiously. Mm-hmm. So right now we're at a position where no one can definitively say um, anything. We can't definitively right. say when this is going to be over. We can't definitively say when it's safe for fans to be back in the stands. We can't definitively say it's safe for us to even just play on the same court. So there's nothing that is definitive. So I think at that, at this point, the only thing that, that you can do is kind of wait and see how things are going mm-hmm. because like you, you can plan for, for I think baseball was saying they wanted May to be when they start getting back in the training camp right. and that's all well and good. You can plan for anything, but I just, for, for me, I just think that, Right now, you can't even. I can't even plan on when I'm going right. back to the grocery store. Like I'm not I'm quarantined. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I just don't know what. Like obviously, they have to plan because that's their job, and people are getting paid to to plan out their job. But there's not enough information on when anything is going to be over or stop, or for me to even. I don't even have an opinion about it because my only thing I have an opinion about is. All right, I ha- is it peak week? You know, I keep hearing about we haven't even hit the worst of it yet. Yeah. So right, the right. things I'm thinking about is uh-huh. are we peak yeah. week? Because I saw California's peak week is this week. So does that mean mm-hmm. Georgia's is this week? Or that's kind of what I've been thinking about in sports. Right. Well, well, I heard y'all still throwing block parties and stuff out there in the in the oh, A. Come on. I'm telling you, come, that's why our mayor, shout out to Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, she had to literally say, like, what are y'all doing? Like what are we doing? <laughs> Seriously. They thought, we thought it was a vacation down here in Atlanta. We were throwing block parties. Oh, 
Aries, it was lit. I'll tell you, the city turned up when everything shut down. And then they had the, the yeah. side yeah. curfews and, oh, my goodness. Right. Are you, are you still able to play? I'm not. Do we, I'm do not. So, active? Nothing, huh? No. So, I mean, I have dumbbells. I have, like, mm -hmm. the home workout kit 101. So, I have home workouts 101 here. I have mats. <laughs> I got dumbbells. Whatever you right. need. I got chairs. <laughs> right. I can do stuff on. But as far as, like, an actual court, I can't. I don't have a court to dribble on. Yeah. So, this is one of the things that I'm in a condo. I live in a condo. Mm -hmm. And so, that's one of the disadvantages that I just did not plan for I didn't plan for being in a quarantine and be stuck. I don't think anybody I did. No, you know, so I really dropped the ball on that with some here stuck without a basketball hoop in my house, and I Nobody. see a lot of other athletes. So that that is one thing that I might I might have had a little oversight about, mm -hmm. but it is what it is for me. It is what it is. I can't do it, so I'm not going to stress about not being able to do it. What did the league say to you guys? Because what was it, Friday when they officially said, hey, the season's going to get post postponed, right? Because you guys are supposed to start next month. What have yep. they been saying to you guys as far as like, hey, hold hold tight? Or like, what are the updates on your end, on the inside scoop? So, so the updates on our end was kind of checking the temperature. Um, okay. How did the how we feel? Like, you know, so there, there's not really, like, again, there's not much information they can give. Mm -hmm. uh, they they just kind of want to see what the players' thoughts are about different things, um, and there's there, that's why I mean there's not there's not been anything definitive. Mm -hmm. And anytime there's something that releases on Friday, most of the time we don't find out until Friday one minute before it releases. You uh, know, so yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. They don't. I mean, I understand why because they don't want to. You know, it to be leaked and all this and that. So um, they do tell us in advance. It's not far in advance, but. I think everyone's in the same boat in the sense that no one knows what's going on. Totally. I know in the NBA and even the MLB, they've thought of maybe uh, having a centralized spot where right. they just start playing bubble games. City. Little bubbles. What would you think of that? Oh, Bubble City. Um, my first <laughs> thoughts are, so my first thoughts are, you know, is my family going to be allowed in Bubble City? Like I start right. thinking of things that make me comfortable as an athlete. Like, okay. are we going to, if we're going to spend the whole season in Bubble City, um, what about friends and family? And I don't even say friends. I would say, what about family? Um, like, what's the living situation? I know that they're probably thinking, well, you're worried about things that are luxuries, and we're trying to just get the games back going. So I do understand I don't, I don't that. I think living is a luxury. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, like, people, your support oh, staff, your friends. But, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? They're probably going to be like, look, we're just trying to get the games back going. We don't have that all figured out. But. My first thought when I hear things like that is I'm like, all right, Bubble City. So how is that going to work? Like, you know, I start thinking of all the different scenarios where, like, I can't cook. I'm not a good cook at all. So in Bubble City now, am I going to have to, like, figure out how to cook? Or are they going to mm -hmm. I'm going to have to beat out every day. And, I, again, I know this probably Will there be like, a microwave? Yeah. Will there be <laughs> frozen pizza? Like, so I, like, now these are, I know people are probably like, that's, so, that's <laughs> not things. But no, as a, that would be one of the first things that I would think of. Food so. is the first, as an yeah. athlete, that's, like, a, I live Absolutely. a life that. So that's important to me that, like, so if my people are here 100%. with me, like, you know, so those things that, yes, it's, it's not as big as getting back on the court, but I need all my things in place for me to be the athlete that I am. So yeah. my first thought goes yes. to, well, I have my support staff that yeah. keeps me going. Right. Yeah. So. so true. Yeah. Because you can't perform at the especially, level that you're you used know, especially to. Especially as a veteran, you know. 
Yeah, because I know 100%. my system. I know my system and I know what my routine and I know what process helps me perform my best. Mm -hmm. So right when they start talking about moving me That's from amazing. one place to another place, it's like if it, it wouldn't be like, oh, just move to Seattle. That's but amazing. when they say something like bubble city, then that entails that like, okay, is nothing's going in or out. Like, you know, like they're yeah. putting us in a bubble. So I want to figure out, can I get everything right. I need inside the bubble is basically my concern. Yeah, because I mean, you have to think about too, like what about a massage therapist? What about your ART? Yeah, I would assume that they will provide those I things. Hope. I, yeah. I, you're right. And see, I that's hope. the thing. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. I don't know. And that's what can, so... So my first thought when I hear Bubble City, I'm like, oh, okay, how? Like, so that's that was my whole first thought. Like, I heard the concept, move everybody to a secured location. You test it, you clean it, you make sure that actual location is good and safe. And then you bring the players and the, and the athletes into that and, and make sure it's good and safe because you test us first. But then now what about after that? Like, that's my concern. Like, okay, I understand those two scenarios. What, like... What next after that? I just think there's too many teams. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Too many well, teams. Who, wait, there is. Wait, I mean, there wait, is. Wait, wait, no, where are you going to put right, you're thirty? Right. Where are you going to put thirty teams? Yeah. What what thirty teams are we talking about? Are we? I don't think like that the NFL 30 is going to be NBA in my bubble or, city with WNBA. Are you guys? Who knows? But even if it was just the WNBA, how many teams are in the WNBA? 12 and there's 144 of us so i think that's mm -hmm. doable so the totally. wba we could probably get in in somebody else's city honestly you guys like probably do it yeah they yeah, yeah I, think, I think the wba I think we could hop in on somebody's city and we are, we're not going to take a lot of real estate because we're 12 teams 12 players 144 players and then you know you got the staff but that's doable but totally. I, I don't like you said nfl is different because man y'all are a yeah. large like y'all have large numbers yeah, it actually grew after the CBA as well. Right, yeah. Extra guys on. But the thing yeah. about the NFL is, what if they just had y'all wear, like, you know, some people wear the little visors <laughs> above their face. What if y'all's face masks were like, ooh, so cool now because all of y'all got those visors on and everybody has to wear long yeah, sleeves. Yeah, what if you just wore, like, bee, bee hunting suits or whatever those are called? Nope, nope. No, that's a disadvantage to somebody like me who doesn't like wearing sleeves because I need to feel the ball as a runner. Oh, because I was gonna say, I was gonna say the NFL is the only one that might have a chance because you literally could cover y'all's whole body and yeah. play. I don't know. All the all the games essentially turn into like scrimmages. What if you developed no like like electromagnetic I mean, technology where you were holding the ball? above your fingertips you never actually <laughs> touch it oh my goodness so wait i'm confused to why that's you a don't fumble that's a fumble gloves. waiting to happen yeah why don't you want to wear you don't like wearing gloves gloves are good i'm talking about the arm sleeves oh arm you don't sleeves like are kind of slip they're no mm. they're slick oh, I mean, they're slick you, on the oh, ball. Oh, so yeah 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 exactly mm -hmm. ah okay Got it. You know I don't know. Look, I was just saying, at least y'all can have built-in protection. Like, I'm not wearing gloves to shoot a basketball, <laughs> even though I've seen people do it. I, I saw an NBA player do it. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Listen, I was at the Hawks' last game before the quarantine, before everything shut down. I was physically at the, the State Farm Arena. This was the this year? 
Yeah, right before the right, right before quarantine, right before COVID hit. Oh no! Yeah, that right before quarantine, I was at the Hawks game. Serena Grace was singing the anthem, and there were Knicks players, professional players, shooting the ball with gloves on. It would be the Knicks. Oh too. my god! Oh my goodness! Jeez, Louise. Wait, question. I have. I'm. I'm. Wait. So was that? It would were, be you the were Knicks. at the game that was possibly Vince Carter's last game. Yes, I was at possibly Vince Carter's last game. And it was crazy because as we were driving home from that game, we saw that an NBA game was postponed. Then we heard about Donovan Mitchell. Then everything mm-hmm. shut down. And we were all like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, my goodness. That was my that was my non-working. So I worked with Fox Sports South. So I was right. at some other games. But that was my first non-working game of the season. Like, that I don't was supposed usually, to be fun. <laughs> I don't usually even go to the games. And I happen to be at the game where – they're shutting things down because of virus is spreading. So, needless to say, I'm already a little germy and neat, as you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I couldn't deal with that. And I went, bought a mini freezer, and stocked <laughs> on meat. And I haven't left since. So, oh my God. Been, been quarantined like a while now. Well, wow. good you for you. Enough, you got enough. I'm sorry? You got, got enough food in there? Good. Yeah, I you think, got enough food I, and everything I, in there. You good? I'm good. I think we could probably last another month and a half. Uh, but after a month and a half, I think I'm gonna have okay. to do some Instacart. Okay. Or yeah, something. yeah. There's yeah. a lot of good, uh, good apps out there that'll do it for you. Yeah. So that's so that's the plan. But that's why I said my main concerns right now is is it peak week? Hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you are a big um, like UFC fan or not. I feel very sad having to say that I don't watch a lot of it, even though, but I'm not going to say I'm not a fan. But yeah. if you're going to ask me about somebody, I'm going to be. I don't know. Not, no, no, no. Yeah. no. I was going to, I was going to ask you about, listen, UFC 249 is going no matter what. We're, we're, we're going to have the fights. What do you think about that? Oh, well, I could actually see how they could get away with it. It's two people, right? Like, so it's going to be just one-on-one and, in a caged match. I mean, uh, it's almost built in social distancing. No one can get inside the cage. <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, one, no one can get in. I don't, I, no one should want to get in there, but it's just except, one except on one. for the cut men and stuff and cut women. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, what if they tested all four of those people that have to be there, you know, and I can see how they could almost yeah. make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like you know what I mean? I could almost because in 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 my condo right now there's three people, so I'm just I mean I don't know how how often they're gonna do it, be fighting each other, but I just think that if it's like a one off one and then another six months there's another one, or I don't know how it works, but I could see how they could almost get away with it because of the low number. But I think everybody should stay home. Yeah, so that's my so. stance on it, for real. I just think everybody, like, I think that social distancing should now become a national holiday <laughs> and that there's one week out of the year where we need to remember these I times and appreciate, and appreciate what we appreciate now because everybody always had a lot of things to complain about. Uh-huh. And then when all those things got taken away, everyone started to want to be around family. People are like, oh, this single life is no fun now. So I think we should have social distancing week where we just take a week to enjoy family, friends, and to just detox from the world. I'm so down for that. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my feeling. putting on it on the calendar. 
Put it on the calendar. I feel bad because my sister is a doctor. She's a pharmacist, so she's an essential staff. Oh, yeah. Um, so my first thought, my first wow. thought went to her because I also think during our future holiday, the week holiday, I think that essential staff working members should have limited hours. So you should be yeah. like, all right, the pharmacy and grocery stores are only open from 10 to 1. So uh, go or, or, you know, mm-hmm. like 10 to 1 and then reopen 7 to 9 p.m. or something like that. But I think that, like, we need to find a way to get – everyone limited hours basically because i think people started to realize what's important right now definitely 100 okay i've never been much of a gambler uh but for all you gamblers out there with no sports going on you feel like there's nothing to, to bet on i've got news for you you can go to betonline.ag bet on things like mixed martial arts american idol etc the election you can use my promo code, MyPod100. Again, that's MyPod100, betonline.ag. I want to ask my last question, all right? I want to go back to college. I want to go back to college. We were talking about how Oregon, once upon a time, wasn't very good. Yes, and and UConn, yes, similarly. What do you think is the difference? Like, what changes, in your opinion? Like, what? how, how does a program all of a sudden become good and relevant? You know, is it is it yeah. just like a coaching change like, or? It's both. So you have to have a coach in there that can get good players because everything is predicated around good players. Mm-hmm. And you have to be a good coach. So the the if you have good players, you can win some games. If you have good players mm-hmm. and a good coach, you can win some championships. So a lot of teams, they might get lucky and get a good player, but they can't figure out how to mesh the team together. And a lot of coaches can't figure out, you know, what pieces to the puzzle fit best. And then you have the coaches that are great coaches and then they get a good player and then it's, it's off, like it's on. And then that's how you can see how I'll just use UConn. For example, UConn has not had the most talented team every year that they win. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of years where UConn, believe it or not, is the underdog. And when I say underdog, I mean talent wise. So there's always going to be, there's always going to be, you know, a talent scale where this team on paper should be this team. So, on paper, there's been times where UConn doesn't have the most talented team, but yet UConn has found a way to win under those circumstances a lot of times. And that's where coaching comes into play, I believe. So I think it's both. I think um, in Oregon's uh, situation right now, they have a, a, a superstar in Sabrina. Yeah. And they have a coach that put it together well, and yeah. now they have a good team. The test of time is always what tells. So, you know, UConn has done it over time. Tennessee's done it over time. On the men's side, Duke has done it over time. Yep. Football, Alabama. So the test of time, that'll tell you how good the coach is. That, that's, mm-hmm. where, that's where the coach can show how good they are when they're still successful under not the best circumstances. Yeah, that's so true. You ever thought about coaching? Never. Never. Like, since I was younger, I, like, I used to say, like, I, I, I don't want to coach. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, give it time. You will. And everybody always tells me, you should be a coach. And I'm like, yeah, no thanks, because I don't have patience. So if I tell yeah. somebody something, I would just expect, like, somebody tells me something, I'm just going to do it, you know? And I'm not going to, like, respond. I'm not going to give a mouth. I'm not going to go, oh, you know? So those are things I cannot deal with. I can't deal with bad body language. I can't deal with laziness. I can't deal with undisciplined people so like I can deal with them in everyday life but my competitive spirits would not go well with that so I know myself I know I can't coach 
So I'd rather just sit and talk about sports. That's my thing. And it's so crazy because when I made the decision to go to UConn, I was a teenager. You know what I mean? Like, and that was one of the biggest decisions of my life because like UConn, winning the championship is great, but UConn taught me how to be a pro. UConn taught me, you know, I was already disciplined because that's how my family household was. How to be a woman. Yes. How to be a woman, how to be a pro, how to carry myself in a certain manner, how to do business in a sense of certain things that's unacceptable and not unacceptable. So Mm -hmm. it's so crazy when I think back that I made that big of a decision. I made the right one. So I'm very happy with my decision. I should pat my 17-year-old self on the back. But that's a pretty huge decision that, like, Robert, you did it too. Like, we as teenagers are making when you have all these college coaches Mm -hmm. offering you, you know, a full ride. That's a huge decision, like, that you have to make at a young age. Yeah, and I left, I left home when I was 17. So, like, I didn't turn 18 my freshman year until December of, of my crazy. freshman year that year. So, so that means you made yeah, the decision. Yeah, so I was... Yeah, you were extra young. I was young. Like, I was really young. Always the youngest in my class. Like, yeah. So, so that, that's what I'm saying. So that's why I think sports is crazy because where you go to school is all ultimately ends up being a part of your identity for the Absolutely. rest of your life. Like, so if 100%. you hated your school experience... Like, it doesn't matter when they announce who you are. Renee Montgomery from the University of Connecticut. Like, yeah. if you hated that experience, it follows you. If you loved it, it follows you. So I'm very thankful to be a Husky, you know, I believe blue. I was going to piggyback on that and say, like, I, I know teammates that I've played with. Like, for me, Utah State was a great experience, although a small school. And I went there purposely, uh, knowing that it was a small school. Um, I hope you went the there on purpose. And the experience for me is great. I go back every year. I do a football camp there, you know. Um, awesome. But... For some people, it wasn't a great experience. And so even, you know, here we are 10 years later, whatever it is down the road, and they don't have great things to say about it. They don't go back, you know, yeah. they don't want to spend their time in the, in, in, in that community. Uh, and it's all based on their experience. So and I yeah, I've definitely seen that. I've had teammates that were in, like, that didn't have the same experience I had at mm-hmm. UConn. I think, but I think any experience in life is how you take it. So we all experienced the same, like we all had the exact same things there, but our experiences were dramatically different in how we approached it. So I I just, I don't know. I just think now too, with the talk about college players can get paid. It's about to be a wild ride, boy. This is going to get interesting. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Renee. I really appreciate it. Glad to have you back. There's so much more we can talk about. Uh, you're such an interesting person. I was telling Bridget before the show, I was like, man, she's got so much. She's so, you're so versatile. Like uh, just you. you, your personality, lifestyle and everything like that. And that, and that's only me knowing from meeting you at Harvard. And then, and then obviously like just following what you on Instagram. I appreciate watching that. you play hoops. I used to cover games in Seattle. So when you played there, oh. where you, oh, when you were with Minnesota, I covered uh-huh. a couple games while you were there. And so, I've watched, so, yeah, so I've seen you out there, so, but, like, I know you, but, you know, I didn't know you. Ah, I appreciate that. It's fun putting a face to, a a, a voice to the, to the body. A personality to the player is what I would say. that's what I meant to say. Yeah, personality to the player, and that's why I always use the hashtag more than an athlete, just because of that reason. I think that people just think that athletes are, like, robots, and we're, like, must-shoot basketballs, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but thank you guys for having me. Yeah, uh, this is awesome. Thanks for coming like on. This. 
you know, I feel like we just had a conversation, so I appreciate that. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. I'm down. Right. Take care, stay safe, all right? All right. Peace. All right, thanks, Renee. Thanks, you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.